Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Dave Woodard is reporter at uh, Global News Toronto AM640. He joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Dave was yesterday uh, reporting on this and you're out on the, uh, on the on the feed on it. Dave, thanks for the time. Not at all, Roy. So it, did you also get the sense that there was just this Tremendous amount of, hey, what's going on really here? We're, we're exposed to many stories. We're exposed to, to crime stories and violence on a regular basis. But this one seemed to just set a new level for people to get their heads around. Absolutely. And I think locally it was interesting to hear people talk about it. They all wanted to be in on the information that was coming in. Um, and, and I think at first it was... Uh, about the 14-year-old, the fact that he was incredibly young, he was affable, people liked him, uh, he was apparently a great student, and in the area that he went missing, that isn't necessarily the case with all the kids there. Um, there's a lot of crime in that neighborhood of Toronto. Uh, there's a lot of bad stories, quite frankly, that come out of that area of the city. So the fact that a, a kid who... Uh, is, is supposed to be a good kid, was abducted from the area. That, first and foremost, was what was interesting. And then you add in some of the other layers of the story, the fact that you know, there was a, apparently uh, uh, the stepbrother, uh, stepbrother rather, stole drugs worth $4 million, uh, and this was uh, retribution. And I think that kind of made that story a little bit more interesting, and people wanted to hear everything. And Roy, I know you've covered a lot of these stories over the years. They don't always end so well. No, they don't. And the fact, and the fact that they found him uh, and they found him in good condition, that was that was a great end to the story as well. And police were very, very directly involved. They were messaging the uh, the abductors. Talk to us about that, please, Dave. Yeah. So what we've been hearing is that uh, they had heard from the stepbrother. Uh, initially, who said, you know, these are the things that could be happening. They still don't know where the stepbrother is. They haven't really talked to the stepbrother in in terms of uh, anything other than uh, what had happened and why this may have happened. Uh, But the stepbrother was able to give some information. Uh, They were able to get in touch uh, with the abductors uh, through the media saying, we need to make sure that this kid is safe. He's not a part of this world. He's not a part of, uh, of drugs and gangs. He doesn't deserve this. Uh, Superintendent uh, Steve Watts with the Toronto Police Force, he said, make sure you leave him somewhere safe so we can find him. And the very, about five hours later, after that uh, press conference that Watts gave, he was found in a barn west of the city. So it was, it was a very interesting concept in the sense that uh, everyone's 
communicating, yeah. but nobody knows who is who at this point. You know, Dave, I was speaking with uh, with a friend on the phone about this uh, yesterday, and my friend said, you know, uh, we're talking about 14, a 14-year-old kid, and we're talking right. about maybe you know, possibly 18 to 22-year-olds. Uh, that's That was the number that I saw being involved. And, and my friend said, I think back to what I was doing when I was 14 or 18 or 22 years of age. And as you say, that's a, an area of the city where there is criminal activity. We, 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 we know that takes place. But still, the ages of the, of the, of the participants or those, you know, the 14-year-old being abducted, that still shakes people up. And there's a lot of questions being asked now still, including the delay between the abduction and the Amber Alert. Absolutely. And there's a, a couple of reasons for that. Uh, so at 8.30 in the morning, the, the day that he was abducted, there was a report uh, that was given to police that there was a, a, a child who was walking in the area and a Jeep Wrangler came and basically abducted him. He yelled, help me, help me. Uh, and the, the Jeep went off. Now, this report came into Toronto Police, who then started their own search. He didn't show up to school that morning, uh, which should have triggered the school to call the parents. We'll get to that in a minute, but it, it didn't happen. So the police were looking for somebody that they didn't know who, it may have been nothing, it may have been an actual abduction, they weren't sure at that point. Uh, when the child was reported missing to his parents was six o'clock that evening. That was by the, the school. Uh, the actual father had told police that they hadn't seen their son um, since the morning, and that was at five o'clock. But by all, uh, I guess, all indications, he didn't go to school, and the parents knew that, so they wanted to find out what was going on. The school didn't report that until six o'clock. So lots of questions as far as that's concerned as well. Now, what was the, you know, why, why didn't that happen? Because policy demands that it is. So, so Dave, what's your takeaway from, you were out on the street yesterday, you've been covering this from day one. What's your takeaway? My takeaway is mainly has been concern from the, the parents, especially in this neighborhood, uh, who say, you know, they, I, I spoke to a number of them outside the school who said that they wouldn't necessarily uh, drop off their kids um, at school, but they felt like they had to now to make sure that their kids get to the school. There were students who uh, were friends of the boy who are concerned as well, even though they don't necessarily have any ties to gangs. Um, it, it is, like I said, a, a dangerous area of the city, uh, but it's interesting to see that people who live with that on a normal basis are now kind of taking their own safety a little more seriously yeah, today. That that's significant. And we should state that he's in, he's apparently in good health. Yes. Uh, Toronto Police uh, Chief Mark Saunders said that he was a little disheveled when he was found. He didn't really get into any of that. Uh, but there has been uh, video from the boy's biological brother uh, showing him in a, in a hospital bed. He looks okay, maybe a little bit traumatized, but otherwise in, in good shape. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.